And uh, I just want to get right into his word. Who's glad to be in, in the church today, to be gathered together? It's good to gather, and the Lord has something for us. We just thank you, Lord. This is your word, and Lord, you bring your word to us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. We've been preaching on a, a subject that I've, I've just been preaching on and preaching on and preaching on, and I've been going different angles of it, uh, but... It is this idea that we are human beings. Everybody say, we are human beings. And yet we serve a supernatural God. We are natural, but we are not only natural. We have a supernatural God within us. Are you aware of that as Christians? That Jesus sent the Holy Spirit inside you. All right, the Bible says that the Spirit, it said that there was void. Everybody say there was void. There was nothingness. Everybody say there was nothingness. Do you know that you without Christ are just void and nothing? Do you know you don't die, uh, you don't die in Christ, and you don't die because you didn't have Christ, you were already dead. Everybody say, I was already dead without Jesus. That's the Bible. If you understand your Bible, it's clear that it's not that you die, it's that you are already dead and that Jesus is the only thing that actually gives us life. That wasn't God's original design. That was through sin that that happened. But the Bible says, that there was void, and that there was nothingness, and that the Spirit of God hovered above that void, hovered above that nothingness, and then that God spoke, and we know it through, first John, uh, through John chapter 1, through Jesus, the Word, He spoke the Word, and everything that we see, including us, including this body, was made. It is only through the Spirit of the Lord, through the Word, through God, that you are anything. There was void and nothingness before that. You are void and nothing without the Spirit of the Lord. It says that the Spirit of the Lord hovered above the waters, and then He made all these things, and He made the beauty of the earth, and, and so many things that we can look at and say, wow, God, you're an amazing God. And He did all that uh, for us, because it says He looked at all of it, but it wasn't complete. He wanted companionship, so He made us. And then it says that that same Spirit that hovered above the water, He breathed that Spirit into their bodies. We don't know exactly what it looked like, the eternal body, and, and, and then suddenly becoming a natural body. I don't know. Maybe Adam and Eve had a, like a glow on them. You know, maybe they glowed with like some gold or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, some of you wish that you had some of that, but you will in heaven. Don't worry. You get that natural glow. Everybody's trying with all these oils and treatments and moisturizers and everything. Get that glow. And uh, one day we're going to have that supernatural body back again. But something happened. We lost something from the supernatural man to become a natural man. 
And Jesus didn't just give you eternity. He didn't just wipe your sins away. You have to realize that he restored what was lost. Everybody say, he restored what was lost. He didn't just give you a ticket to heaven. He didn't just wash your sins in the blood. And he, he did that. Thank you, Lord, that you did that for us. But that's not all that he did. He restored the supernatural man and woman that you are. That's what he did. And the Bible has a group of characters. We call them the heroes. Right? Hebrews 11 names many of them the heroes. The heroes of the Bible. We have people that disobeyed God. And God penned down their names and their stories so that we could learn from them. And then he also had the writers pen down some heroes. And you know the difference between the hero and the difference between the disobedient is that they trusted their God. That they believed in their God. And they, and they believed that the same supernatural God that breathed once into Adam and Eve was still alive and that he could work through them. Amen. And so we've been talking about this, and it says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you can turn there if you have your Bible. I'm going to put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And we were looking at the book of James where it talks about Elijah being human, but he prayed, and it rained. And then uh, it didn't rain, and then he prayed, and it, and it did rain. When he prayed and when he didn't pray and so on, it was a, a human being, God working through a human. And 2 Corinthians 10 says something similar here, and felt from my, the Spirit of the Lord that we needed to go this direction now. It says, we are human. Everybody, let's read this out loud. We are human. You may know it as we are carnal. Carnal just means, you know, flesh and blood. You are a human being. You are a body. You are a spirit within a body. Your body goes in the ground, but your spirit does not stay in the ground. Just the body does. And the spirit either goes to heaven or to hell. That's our Bible. You don't have to like it. I don't like it. But that's the truth of the word. And so I like it if you believe in Jesus. I don't like that people I know that won't receive him are going to go to hell. But that is the truth. That is the Bible. And it says that we are human, but we don't, let's read this out loud, but we don't wage war as humans do. All that a human knows how to do is be human. But you're not only human, are you? All that an animal knows how to do is be animal. We've talked about this many times, but there is a natural nature in an animal. And, uh, and they fight, and they kill, they strive, they struggle to get what they need. And that's it. They're going to fight and push until they get what they need. And if you are in the way, then uh, you're going to be either collateral damage or, or they may be killed themselves, but they don't know what else to do. And many humans act that way, don't they? Many humans don't know how to live we would say as normal human beings, uh, but it, we really can't blame them because the only way to be a normal human being, like Jesus said, what is good? How do you even define good? 
But it seems like people are acting more and more like animals more than ever, aren't they? More and more, it seems that that animal in people, in, the, in, this, in your nature, is coming out. It says, but we don't wage war as humans do. It says, verse 4, and I'm going to read verse 4 right into 5. NLT actually splits this up a little bit differently, so I'll just read the two together. It's the same words, uh, and I'll read it also in the Amplified, but it says, We use God's mighty weapons. Everybody say God's, not mine. God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds. Everybody say the strongholds. Last week when we were looking at Goliath, and I just want to read the end of that story in just a moment, just the last verses there we looked at in, in 1 Samuel 17, and when I was preaching about Goliath, uh, I kept thinking, and I didn't bring it into the ser sermon, uh, but the Holy Spirit was already putting it in my heart last week about the strongholds. It used to be a word that we talked a lot about in Christianity, and it hasn't been talked about a lot in this church necessarily. Maybe you're aware of the word, maybe not, but a stronghold is, uh, I think the NLT says it pretty well, and there are many other levels of it, but let's just for today talk about this. A stronghold is a, a, an idea. It says strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments, human reasoning and arguments, a stronghold is this thing in your mind, and it can actually be in a whole community. A stronghold can be in a culture. It can be in a race. It can be in a family. And what a stronghold, just basically very quickly for today's sermon, is is this idea that um, this is what I know, and uh, this is who I am, and when this happens, this is how I react. And last week, we just kind of touched it without saying those words, but some of those strongholds got built in you as babies, and you don't even know why they're there. It could have been a mother or a father that was cruel to you. could have been a husband or, or a wife that uh, was cruel to you in your younger years. It could be uh, a friend uh, that did something to you could be something even in the you don't even know something that was done to you and you're not even aware sometimes it's not even in your memory anymore but what happens is it's inside you and it causes you when certain people do certain things or say certain things your reaction comes out like an animal does without thinking who's aware of some of those things in you <laughs> Right? Certain things, certain triggers get you to react. And then you know you're reacting out of your flesh, out of that carnal human nature. You know you are, and some, but in some way you can't stop yourself. And it's because it's a stronghold. It needs to be taken down. This thing needs to be torn down. Come on. The Goliaths are going to be taken down. It's time the Lord's speaking in this church. He's been speaking in this season. It's time to start tearing those things down. And I really didn't fully understand it. I'm not saying I fully understand it today. But I saw as we, as we went from 2019 to 2020 that the Lord, I almost saw this picture of him getting up off his throne like he was angry. Like the Lord's going to deal with some things. 
And that's not against people. I don't want even you to even go there. God's not angry with, I don't even want it to be, you, you, I just, it's not worth debating, but the evil or the righteous today. There's, that's a, a huge debate. I don't even want to get into that today. He's angry with the spirits that control the evil. He's angry with the spirits that have oppressed his righteous. Or the righteous have let those spirits rule in their lives for too long. And the Lord's going to start dealing with those things. Maybe you've already been experiencing it. Maybe that's been a good thing and maybe that's been a heavy thing. I don't know what you're going through. But the Lord is going to deal with those things. And we must let him do it. And he's going to get that stuff out of you that keeps causing you to react in ways that are unchristlike. They're carnal. They're human. They're fleshly. The doubts, the worries, the fears, the striving, the struggling, the pride, the reactions, the words that flow out of our mouth so easily, etc. Those things are strongholds. And it says, we destroy... Verse 5, every proud obstacle, or you may know it as every high, lofty thing. As I was just praying this morning, I just heard that so strongly in my spirit to pull down those high, lofty things, those things that set themselves against God. They're proud, like Goliath. He defied God. He spoke against God. And those things, you, you don't even realize... It's not, it's not even you. Paul's like, I'm going through this struggle. I don't want to do it. It's not me anyway, but there's this thing in me, and I don't do what I want to do and what I don't want to do what I do and do and do and all that. <laughs> that struggle. But it's a spirit. doesn't mean that the Christian has a demon and, and, you know, how, you know, he's got a demon and, and, and I'm going to go to heaven. How can I go to heaven with a demon? Don't even, don't even try to think of it that way. Think of it more like this, that there is demonic influence. And you can be a Christian and be demonically influenced. If you don't believe me, go to Peter, right? Let's go look at Peter. Peter and Jesus are, are talking. Jesus is about to go to the cross. Peter fully believes that Jesus is who he is. He's the only one who testified who he was. Jesus said, who, who do people say I am? Peter's the only one that spoke up and said, you're the Christ. And even Jesus even commends him and says, the Father gave you that revelation. And Peter saw Jesus transfigured. No one else besides John got to see the transfiguration. And yet the same Peter, he says to Peter, Satan, get behind me when Peter condemned Jesus for the cross. I'll never let that happen. We're not gonna, that's not going to happen. He says, Satan, get behind me. Who knows the scriptures? There is, at that moment, Peter's flesh, his nature, his carnal man, his human man, was being influenced by Satan, even though Peter's not Satan. And Peter was still going to go to heaven. Peter was still going to be Peter. Peter was still going to do what God called him to do. And God was going to help him through those obstacles. Amen. But Satan used him in that moment to speak. And we see that even now Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Come on, who knows the story where I'm going? Right? Peter picks up the sword and strikes him 
strikes his ear off. And it was that same, we call it knee jerk, right? That same reaction in him. That same human nature to try to deal with it himself. That was his reaction. Deal with it in his nature. And God was dealing with Peter. God wasn't going to let him because don't you love that Jesus said, Satan sought to sift you, Peter, but I prayed for you. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. That's what Jesus is still doing right now. He's still sitting present tense on the throne. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now pleading for you. And the Spirit of God is on the earth just like it was in the beginning. And he's on the earth, but he's also in you and working in you and changing your nature, changing you from the inside out. It doesn't mean, though, don't be surprised when you pull the sword out sometimes and strike someone's ear off. Don't be surprised and don't be condemned. But know that that's not God and that wasn't his will. Some Christians, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to go there. Who have seen Christians, they, they take license, they think they can have an attitude because sometimes it appeared Jesus had an attitude. Which I don't think Jesus had an attitude. I think Jesus had a righteous anger from the Lord, and, and he had the license to do that because he was Jesus. I don't want to take that license very easily, but sometimes we think we can have an attitude just because it appears he did. And I, We saw a Christian floating around social media. I'm not even going to say his name because that's not what I do, but you, if you know what I'm talking about, then you know it. But there was a Christian floating around, and he put up the middle finger. In his, in his, and he was uh, an evangelist, and he put up the middle finger in his photos, and he's like, well... You know, you don't know what they're doing to me, what so-and-so said, and what's going on behind the scenes, and so on. And, and, and don't you remember, Jesus turned over the tables in the temple. So, I'm not saying that he was going to hell, or, you know, I don't want, we're not going to point our finger and be like, that guy's not a Christian. I think the Lord's dealing with him. Thank God that God gives us grace in the meantime. Come on, who's thankful for grace while you're dealing with stuff? <laughs> But don't tell me that that's God, and then that's okay. So we're not gonna, uh, I'm not going to put condemnation, but I'm also not going to say, well, whatever. God's dealing with things. Come on, say God's dealing with things. It says every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I'm going to read it in the Amplified because they both say it differently, but we're talking about the same thing. Verse 3, it says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh. It's not a human thing using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. So the weapons that God has given us are not physical. You're not going to be able to deal with it with a sword. You're not going to be able to deal with it with words. Jeannie just said on Tuesday night, and uh, maybe some of you are going to get offended at this. Some may have gotten offended when she said it, but we had a smaller crowd, so probably less. But 
if you need to go to counseling, go to counseling. I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to tell anybody not to go to counseling, but sometimes words do more damage than no words. Sometimes it's better. I'll just, we'll just look at us, right? Dawn and I, I love you, by the way. But if Dawn and I were fighting, sometimes it's not a good idea to go hash it all out. It's better to go deal with your issue with the Lord. Because sometimes by speaking it out later so we can deal with it, we're just reminding each other of what we don't like about that situation or about each other. Sometimes it's better just to deal with it, deal with it in your heart. Because you know what? The Bible says you go looking for a splinter, you're going to find a big giant two-by-four in yourself. Deal with the splinter in them after you dealt with the two-by-four. You know what the point of that is? Everybody's like, yeah, don't you see? It says after you got to go deal with it. Listen, I promise you, you will never, ever get to that splinter because you'll keep pulling that two-by-four out of your eye for the rest of your life. The Holy Spirit will do that. Believe me. You do that, and they're going to see, wow, something's changing in them, and all of a sudden, the little speck that you saw in their eye, they see it, and they deal with it. Anyway, that's your commercial break. I just came in there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's because it's not words. It's a spirit thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing that God is doing, and that must be done. If you have to use words, use words. But honestly, most of the time, what is happening is behind the scenes. It's so much bigger and greater than you. In fact, the two people aren't even fighting. I'm not fighting with you. You're not fighting with me. It's the spirit. It's actually, actually many times me fighting with me from a long time ago. You're somebody else. You look like you, but that's not really you. You're the face of someone from 20 years ago. You just happen to be the target right now. Come on, who understands what I'm saying? And the Lord's dealing with it. Everybody say he's dealing with it. Let's go to verse 5. I just want to read that in the Amplified as well. So it says, And as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings, by God's mighty weapons, and we don't have time today to look into what his weapons are. Let's just know that his word is a weapon. Let's just say the sword, of, the sword is the word of God. Everybody say the sword is the word of God. We know that. I'm just going to have to say it, and you're going to have to believe me. You're going to have to go read your word. Ephesians 6, Hebrews 4, the word of God is a sword. It's sharp, and it deals with us, Okay. We can look more into that in the future. We don't have time today. But it says, so his weapons, his sword, God's sword is the word of God. It's the word of God. Jesus spoke into nothing and he changed situations. Jesus spoke and he changed nothingness. He changed the darkness into light. It says that he spoke into the darkness, let there be light, and there was light. It's the word of God that truly changes. Most of the time, our words, and the more we speak, we just mess it up. But we let the word of God speak. We let Jesus speak into a situation, and he can turn darkness into light. And so with that weapon, okay, with the weapons, the mighty weapons of, 
of our warfare, which are not carnal. They're not human. They're spiritual. They're from above. They're from Christ. They're, they're his word. Honestly, love is a weapon. Love, love might be one of the greatest weapons that you have. Because when someone curses you, he tells you to love them. <laughs> someone curses you, they curse you. It says they despitefully use you. Pray for them. Love them. Jesus gave us forgiveness as a weapon. Forgiveness, these aren't necessarily in the weapons list, but you start looking at your word. These are powerful weapons that God's given us. Haven't you found, who's ever done this in your life? If you have it, I encourage you to try it. Forgive someone without them saying sorry. And watch the power that changes in your situation. It says, we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing. Everybody say, every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Every single thought, every idea, every reasoning within you, uh, every stronghold within us, we must become submitted, and, and you cannot have your human nature, you can't have your family name. I mean, you can be in your family, and you can love them, and, and that's great. Jesus is not telling you to leave your family, but you have to leave their, their things, their ways. You ever meet a family, and they all smell the same? I'm not in a bad way necessarily, but like, you know, they all wash their clothes, in the same laundry. I remember as a kid, my cousins, they all smelled the same. And it's because, and I always actually, I really liked it. I was mad because I wished my mom used the expensive detergent like they used. And so even though they were different, everybody say they're different, but they were, they were like each other because they were in the same home. And many times, even though we get saved and we come to Christ, we carry so much baggage. Everybody say, we carry so much baggage with us. And it doesn't mean, I'm not talking about heaven and hell. You're going to go to heaven. If you believe in Christ, if you put your hope and your trust in Christ, then that's settled. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But they are unnecessary weights for you to be carrying in this life. And it makes you an ineffective believer on this earth. It's not about heaven and hell. We need to stop making Christianity about heaven and hell. If you know Christ, it should be a non-issue. The only person we're talking about heaven and hell to is the unsaved. We should not be questioning it. If you're questioning it, then maybe you need to go back to your word and find out. You either know him or you don't. And if you know him, you need to stop thinking about it and debating it. But it says that every single thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God was led away captive. We must lead captive. I just want to look just for a moment, if we could, uh, back at 1 Samuel chapter 17, just very quickly, verse 40. It says that he picked up five smooth stones 
and armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. It says in verse 41 that Goliath walked out toward David. In verse 43, he says, Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. Verse 45 says, David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled, verse 47 says, here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. See, God works differently. Man wants to deal with things with sword and spear. And Goliath had control for so long because everyone that looked at him thought, I can only fight him with sword and spear, and he's better with sword and spear than me. Everyone that looked at him said he's been a warrior since his youth. He's much bigger. He's, he's got better armor. He's got better weapons. But it says that David said to him, I don't rely on sword and spear. I don't rely on my own strength. I don't rely on the natural human part of me. It's the Lord I rely on, and he will kill you. He will deal with you. This is, it says, the Lord's battle. Everybody say, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. We need to know that the Lord is dealing with things in us, and even in this whole nation. Lord's been dealing with things, and Evil has been exposed, and the Lord has been dealing with it. I'm not getting political. I'm not even going to name sides. But the Lord has been dealing with things in this nation. He has been dealing with it, and the, the taunting and the defying and the things that have had strongholds so long in us, the things that have had strength in the churches in the West, he's going to deal with. In the, in the, in the church of the, in America, he's dealing with. The, the strongholds, the ideas, the mentalities, and one of the mentalities uh, that, was, that I was literally raised in, but I'm not under, because I, I took that stronghold and I crushed it. I broke its walls down by trusting in God. Those strongholds fell down, and it has no power over me. But one of the strongholds that tried to have me, that I was raised in, was that if you're a Christian and you're not a millionaire, then you must be doing something wrong. If you're a Christian and you don't have every single bill paid on time, check in the mailbox. If it has to be at 4 o'clock on the day of, then you have missed God and you're not a real Christian. And that's just not true. That's not the word of God. And so I had to break that stronghold down. I didn't know any better, though. It's just 
what it was a stronghold even in the church that the devil built up in me. And I had to tear that thing down and realize I trust in God and I trust in him alone. And there was nothing and there was no one else. He's our provider. He takes care of us. He started taking me through the word, started showing me in the word what the true apostles and the disciples went through. God took that stronghold down by actually bringing me to the word. He didn't just speak to my mind and just be like, hey, Adam, that's wrong. I mean, he can do that and he does that, but we don't listen. But he used the word of God and started showing me how Paul, uh, who literally wrote most of the New Testament that we read, including uh, Ephesians, which I don't have time for, but speaking of the weapons, uh, Paul didn't have anything to his name except for a prison cell and scars and chains. And yet in heaven, I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine the rewards and his name in heaven and his place with God because that's what God promises us. And so that stronghold came down. That's just one uh, that I'm being, I'm being transparent and just bringing before you as one of the strongholds that I had to deal with. And, and there are many, 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 many strongholds that the devil builds in us from a youth to try to control you, to try to take you down. So that even when you become a Christian, if that's what it has to be, if you will not listen to him and follow Satan, right? That's what you're doing. When you live in the world and you don't follow Christ, you're following Satan naturally. You don't have to try to follow him. You're just following him. And you leave him and come to Christ. So what he wants to do is get you to take as much junk and baggage into the kingdom as possible, into your church and into your community, and just spread his junk. You can go through the whole Bible, and you're going to find the whole Old Testament. That's how he finally took down Israel. You know, that's why we, we, we look at God, and we look at the Old Testament stories, and sometimes we're like, man, God, you're so harsh. But God said, I don't want... Uh, it's, it's the word of God. I don't even want to say the words, but it's God's word. He's like, I want you to kill even the little children, even their, their animals. I want you to destroy everything, nothing. And it sounds so harsh, but you know what happened? They don't listen, and what happens? Little by little, that world crept in. If you don't deal with those things, and you don't kill all that past, and all your hurts, and all your bitterness, and all your rage, and, and family ties, and, and even things that don't sound evil in the intent, well, I'm just going to, succeed i'm just going to be successful what's so bad about that what's so demonic about that and yet it had roots tied to satan anybody getting anything out of this today <laughs> i just want to finish here it says and then we'll close it says that everyone assembled verse 47 Everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. The Lord's dealing with things. It's the Lord. You have to let the Lord do it. You have to let his word do it. You just have to stand on this battlefield and let God be God and trust in God. It says, because as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with a sling. And if you uh, heard this sermon last week, you can go look into 
the sermon again, but I just feel like I needed to read this a second time. And he hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David, I love that it says this, so David triumphed over, Philist, over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. He has to go take Goliath's sword to cut off his head. doesn't even carry a sword onto the battlefield. And this is why I wanted to read this again, because God is dealing with his church. He's dealing with us. He's dealing with you. And we need to know that it's the Lord's battle, that Goliath's going to fall down, but don't try to uh, go and, and make something happen. Don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and, and fight and push and struggle, because all you're going to be doing is burning rubber. Let the Lord do it. We need to know today that it's the Lord who's going to do it, uh, and, and it's very simple. We don't war with the weapons, when we look at these Goliaths, when we look at these strongholds, when, even when you look in yourself and you say, is this thing ever going to change? Or you look at your situation and you say, is this thing ever going to change? Is this thing ever going to go? Is this loved one ever going to be saved? Don't look at that Goliath with human strength. You need to look and say, the Lord's going to deal with it. The Lord's going to take that thing down. And and we're going to get more into it with the next sermon since I don't want to keep you here till 3 o'clock, which is that we are going to stand as his church, as his army, because no one else would. We're going to stand, and we need to realize this. You are not going to stand in your intellect. You are not going to stand in your human strength, in your human will. This is not mind over matter. We must get to the place and, and, and it's the place I had tried to get to in my preaching, I'll just say it quickly, with less impact than I wanted it to be, is that David knew his God. The reason Goliath, uh, we looked at last week, was who is, this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this pagan Philistine? It's because David said, I know who God is. When we get to the place where we know who God is, then you will let him do whatever in you, but you will also stand and, 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 and realize, I'm not going to win in this situation. I'm not going to win in this battle. I'm not going to win in this struggle in my flesh because it didn't happen by me helping me. You got to get to the place in you where you know that you didn't do it. That's why David had to, and I wanted to read it, it could only be a stone, so it couldn't be that, you know, David's like, I'm so strong, I'm so powerful, I'm so amazing, I did it, look at me. He makes it clear it's the Lord, he knows it's the Lord, and yet he has still had a part to play in it, and that's that submission that we must get to, that's that place where we must get to, we must come out there and stand out there and trust in God, we still have to get on that battlefield with him and say, I know it's going to be God, I know he's going to do it, I'm going to raise my hand, but I know that it's not my strength. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray the word. I'm going to get the word of God in me so that when I pray, I'm going to see these prayers come. I'm going to see God do what he said he was going to do on this earth because he's promised it in his word. I could keep going. I could keep going there. <laughs> I'm not going to. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. 
Lord, for what you've already done in us. Lord, you have already done so much in us. We're so thankful and grateful for what you've already done in us, Lord. You gave us salvation. You gave us life. You've given us grace and mercy. I just pray, Lord, that your church, Lord, not just in this room, but even beyond, Lord, the church, even of this nation, Lord, I pray that we would understand, a true understanding, Lord, of what it is, this grace and mercy you've given us. Because when we truly understand it, Lord, it'll humble us. Lord, it'll, it'll, it'll make us want you, Lord, to do even more in us. Lord, we're going to crave it. I pray that we would crave the inner working of the Holy Spirit in us. That we would not be afraid to deal with things any longer, Lord. We would not keep running away because we just don't want to face that issue today. I'll deal with that tomorrow. And 40 days have gone by and 40 years have gone by. But I pray, Lord, that today we would stand and face these things. These Goliaths, they have to be faced. They cannot be allowed to defy God within us any longer. And even defy God, what God is trying to do in this region any longer. But we must stand and deal with us and we must stand and deal with with these things in this even in this region and we're going to do it thank you lord through prayer we're going to do it by standing together we're going to do it lord by love and by giving grace and mercy as we've been given grace and mercy and i thank you god that he just can't stand any longer he can't he can't he can't stand any longer every enemy is going to leave this region in the name of jesus amen amen